You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I continue reading from my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. Chapter 12 is about how your natural psychological type and your personality are ways your unconscious reveals things to others, for sure, but can also provide clues about what that deeper part of you wants from you. Digging into your psychological type helps to explain why you respond to events in certain ways. Why is this useful? Well, becoming consciously competent about a strength allows you to use it more strategically, and becoming aware of a weakness can help you take back what you're projecting onto other people, making you a better human being. If you've done the Myers-Briggs and maybe even read the long version of the report or attended a workshop, you have only scratched the surface. Simply using the tool as a validation of the way you are isn't all that helpful. In fact, some use their type as an excuse for certain behaviors. The most helpful way to explore your type is to focus on the functions that are in your shadow, because during times of stress, these are the functions that will sometimes take over and it might not go so well. I feel like I'm on an adventure as I dig more and more into my INFJ self, which means my natural preferences for experiencing and making meaning of life are introversion, intuition, feeling, and judgment. There's discovery, surprises, danger, and rewards the more that you dig. I'll never forget the day I realized that when I feel a certain kind of immediate attraction to a man, he's likely an ENFP, which stands for extroversion, intuition, feeling, and perceiving. I was at a work conference at one point, participating in a team building exercise. About 20 of us were standing around in a circle. I can't remember what the exercise was, but suddenly I felt a strong, energetic attraction to the millennial-aged man standing to my left. We quickly got swept up in interesting conversation. I was in the middle of a course in Jung's theory on psychological types, so I excitedly blurted out to the guy, do you know your Myers-Briggs? I was prepared for him to give me a confused look, but he knew his type, and when he told me he was an ENFP, my face turned red and my attraction only grew. I was embarrassed and wondered if he could see it on my face. And then the introverted intuitive in me had a whole playdate in my inner world, wondering if it was only me or whether it was mutual. Oh my gosh. Later, a quick internet search about psychological type in relationships revealed that the combination of INFJ and ENFP can end up as a match made in heaven or hell. The difference is the consciousness of both partners about how their type is mixing with the other partner to unleash intense pleasure at times and erupt in intense negative emotions at other times. I would go on to be swept up mysteriously in an intense relationship with another ENFP millennial man that brought intense highs and lows 
along with deep meaning that continued to inform my unfolding after the relationship had ended. One other realization about how my type manifested made me laugh then, and it still does today. One day, I consciously gave in to this instinct I had never allowed myself to express for fear of being laughed at. Wherever I go, I love to feel things, literally. I love hotels, for example, and I wonder about who gets to oversee the aesthetic design process. My kids just shake their heads as I go from feeling the texture of wallpaper with both of my hands to the velvety couches and then over to the smooth marble end tables in the lobby and even tracing the intricate designs of abstract pieces of art. I never knew why I just wanted to touch these things. I often am intrigued by the clothes people wear and I sometimes ask them if I can feel the fabric. The desire to touch is just so intense, it can be embarrassing. Oh, and of course I love to hug people too. Well, when I dug into my psychological type, I realized that my strong intuition overpowers my relationship with the sensing function. My sensing function is less developed than my intuition, so it's a little bit in my shadow, which means when it wants to come out to play, it's a little insistent, and I sometimes can't stop it. It's also pleasurable, so it's a good thing. It's just that it competes with my self-consciousness. That helped me make sense of a phase during my midlife unraveling when, after reconnecting with my inner child, she happened to show up as my six-year-old self, I would burst out in cartwheels or skip down the sidewalk or twirl around as I listened to Top 40 music with my headphones on. The potential embarrassment of people watching me skip and twirl wasn't enough to keep my now-unleashed inner child from making up for lost time. Anyway, I share these stories to inspire you to dig into your psychological type. It's like living your own series of adventure movies, and also to entertain you. So, let's get started. Chapter 12, Psychological Personality Type. This chapter is about how your personality type offers clues to what's in your unconscious. You may be familiar with the Myers-Briggs assessment, but not know that it is based on Carl Jung's theory of psychological type. It's a goldmine for self-reflecting individuals. Jung's book, General Description of the Types, is for those who want to dig deep. It begins as a seemingly straightforward description of his theory, but quickly becomes complex when he illustrates the theory through human behavior. What's your type? If you don't know, take a free online test. I like www.16personalities.com. Sharing my insights. It was not until I read the book, The Experience of Introversion and Integration of Phenomenological, Empirical, and Jungian Approaches by Kenneth Joel Shapiro that I began to really understand how I experience life. I know that sounds strange, but as one of the rare INFJ types, again, introversion, intuition, feeling, judgment, I felt validated when I learned that the things that made me feel like a misfit, like my intense self-consciousness, were the same things that made my unique perspective important. Learning about my type liberated me to freely roam my inner world. For an introvert, it is the experience of experiencing that matters. I am driven by finding meaning in my life experiences. I can't even enjoy a simple sunset without reflecting about the experience. As the introvert notices their response to an experience, they are pulled into their inner world, and this is their playground. Does this sound like you? With a new appreciation for my unique way of experiencing life, I began responding differently to people who would tell me I was overthinking something. 
I now understand that analyzing did not describe my experience at all. There was no goal other than to linger in the meaning that was being created as it was being created. That's like asking me not to breathe, I began telling people who suggested I stop overthinking things. An introduction. The theory begins by suggesting individuals have an innate preference when it comes to introversion versus extroversion. These ways of engaging with the world have little to do with being shy or outgoing. Rather, they express a preference for how one refuels psychologically. Are you energized by going inward? That's introversion. Or are you energized by engaging with the world outside you? That's extroversion. Some people tip only slightly into one or the other, and others are at the end of the range of one or the other. For example, I love public speaking and engaging with people if there is meaning and purpose in doing so. But if I am attending a party where there is little opportunity to engage one-on-one or have meaningful conversation, I feel drained from incessant small talk. Eventually, I will need to escape or recover in solitude. Extroverted people are energized by everything around them, moving from conversation to conversation, gathering more energy in the process. Introverts often enjoy the company of extroverts because the experience of engagement and being an object of attention inspires opportunities for meaning-making. Exploring the types that are most compatible with your own offers clues to uncovering what your soul wants from you. The preference for perceiving over judging means you have an insatiable appetite for stimulus, whether it comes from your inner world or the outside environment. On the other hand, judging reflects the need for purpose or meaning in what is being perceived. Preferring receiving stimulus via your senses over intuition means you are more interested in facts and figures and concrete objects. But if you rely on data only, you lack the capacity to linger in ambiguity or appreciate paradox. People who are one-sidedly intuitive have difficulty getting others to see what they see. Thinking and feeling are both rational ways of processing and making meaning out of experiences. Reflection questions. Did you try out the link above and get a report on your type? How would you describe your type to someone? If you're introverted, where does that show up in your life? What if you're extroverted? Were you surprised about the result? Do you feel that your natural type was stunted by your parents or other belief system? Do you feel people know or understand you? Is your type compatible with your current work environment? If not, how does that make you feel and how do you find ways to express your natural type? Are you in the middle or are you on one end of the range? Did you know that both feeling and thinking are rational ways of making decisions? Did you know that intuition and sensing are both important and valid ways of receiving information? If you are more intuitive, how have you developed the capacity to analyze data? If you naturally prefer thinking as a way of making decisions, how have you developed the capacity to consider decisions through a feeling lens? Try this. Finding your preferred way of existing in the world is not meant to limit or label you. Knowing your preferences helps make sense of how you show up in the world and how you navigate life experiences and relationships. Knowing your type helps you identify where you might be too one-sided. Write about events and experiences that illustrate your preferences and help you understand why you do what you do. Wanting to stay home on a Friday night doesn't mean you're antisocial. Rather, it means you need some space to refuel so you can bring your full self to your next encounter. Which situations don't feel natural? 
and which cause the most discomfort. This will reveal those parts of you that need to be developed or that need to be avoided because they deplete your energy too much. Reflect and journal about events that highlight those sensibilities that are weakest. For example, if you find yourself unable to negotiate with someone who is offering information based on intuition, you might lack the capacity to access knowledge that doesn't show up in facts and figures. This chapter introduced you to the idea that your personality type, your psychological type, your natural way of experiencing and making sense of life offers clues to what's in your unconscious. What did you find out? I hope you enjoyed my reading of chapter 12. If you thought you knew yourself, I hope you realize now that you are a stranger to most of who you are. During times of stress and conflict, the less developed functions of your type might be triggered. This is an opportunity to explore how to have a little more balance in your approach to life, which will lead to a capacity to understand and engage with others better. This is called empathy, by the way. As usual, I encourage you to journal about all this and just be curious. Not only writing, but drawing too, especially if there are no words available to articulate what you're experiencing. If you want to learn more now, purchase my book. We're getting closer to chapter 16 through 18, which will teach you some specific techniques to explore the ways your unconscious speaks, including through psychological type. Stay tuned for what comes next. There's a link in the description box to my website, deboralukovich.com, where you can find more free content and check out my book. Thanks for listening and sharing with others who need my framework for self-reflection. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.